The Clone Wars have ended. Go, 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 go! We went over the plan five times. I got the package, didn't I? We need a pickup. Hang on. Fanboys and Friends presents Back to the Clones. Clones vs. Cooper. Empire Dawns. This is the top team. The rogue clones on the run from the Empire, huh? Hello. How juicy. The Empire's growing stronger. We should be doing more. You want to really be free? Then pull off this heist and you can have a future. Rumors are more and more clones have been questioning the order. Then they're traitors, like the Jedi. You all gave up everything because of me. We made the right choice, Omega. But there are others out there who need our help. What sort of treachery is this? Stay back! Join your hosts, David Sendon and Kyle Wagner. A new episode of Back to the Clones, Clones vs. Trooper, Empire Dawns, starts right now. We're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. Move! You know what makes us different? We make our own choices. What do you need, Rex? Any chance I could use you for a mission? again and welcome to the latest fandom awakens radio spin-off podcast well you know what gang wouldn't you know we thought it was done we thought it was over when we did our special uh one-off sister podcast back to the clones uh, having fun with the original name back to the clones uh uh the good the Bad, a podcaster's batch. Yes, reviewing season one of The Bad Batch. We thought it was done, but they pulled us back in. We have season two of The Bad Batch, so we renamed it a bit. Back to the clones. Clones, clone versus troopers. Empire Dawns. Yes, I know. Sounds very Batman v Superman meets Twilight, but with a little Star Wars spin. I am your host, David Sennon, your master of ceremonies, and with me, your friend of mine, all the way out in, in uh, bright, sunny, often, you know, the epicenter of weirdness, Dagobah, or, you know, Florida, if you want to keep it relevant, but nah, I don't know. Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going, buddy? Well, first of all, let's get a few things clear. One, I don't sparkle in the sun. <laughs> no, no, you don't. No, you don't. And two, you keep mentioning the word batch, which makes me want to know where's the batch of cookies at? I've been asking that question myself. So, you know, I'm I'm just saying, and, you know, last I checked, Order 66 was taken off of the McDonald's extra value meal menu. Yeah, but you know what? The last time I checked, too, McDonald's brought the McRib back, and that feels like an Order 66 when you eat it. 
Mm. Yes, but yet we we still do. <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself, man. I've avoided that thing. Uh, it's gone again now, so maybe oh, never. Oh, oh, the the big rib is like the is like uh, Hollywood trying to make three D a thing. It comes, it goes away, comes back, goes away, comes back, goes away, comes back. But thanks to a little way of water, it won't go away. Time out, time out. Did you just compare James Cameron to Ronald McDonald? In the fact that they're both clowns at times, yes. I was thinking more of, you know, Ronald McDonald brings the McRib back and takes it away. James Cameron keeps bringing 3D back and takes it away and 3D back and then it goes away and then he comes back. You get what I'm saying. Oh, all right, all right. Let's let's talk Bad Batch. Enough of this show open. I'm sure everyone's like, don't talk about Star Wars. I'm like, okay, okay. Wait, they they, they do Star Wars shows and movies? Well, I don't know. Yeah, about I, I know. What a weird concept, right? Well, I, I know they do shows. I'm not so sure they're in the movie business anymore, but that's a whole other conversation. <sighs> okay, okay. I think I found the first thing to edit in this. <laughs> Give me a break. I've had a bad couple of weeks. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I told you we're going to talk about that later, goddammit. <laughs> hey, all right, I, so... I, can, I cannot control the dark side. No, you can't. Especially he controls the, you. When you don't control it. When first name is Moon and the last name is Dog. Yeah. So, well, we, we do have the return of the Bad Bash to, to discuss. The, the oh, clone team is back. Um... I'm not okay. I gotta ask you, David, before we even get started. Is this something you really wanted? Honestly, yeah, because because I I think there's a mixed bag about this. Honestly, um, no. I I think for me it was one of those things. It's like I, I going in. I felt like okay. I'm indifferent. Great, they did. Uh, season one was fun. It had its moments. It's back for season two. Okay, you know right. there wasn't like, oh my god, for me personally, oh my gosh, the Bad Batch is back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we know for some people it was, but for us it was like, eh. And, and don't get me wrong, I actually like the characters of the Bad Batch. Oh it's yeah. Just like, it, I just kind of let I me just, just kinda... say it. Let me just say it out outright, Kyle. <laughs> Uh, it's not like when I say no, it's not like Star Wars Resistance where it's you you sold us one thing, but the other bag of goods you gave was like, huh? I I th- I think for me my pro my problem with the Bad Batches, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna say it. I I like it, and I will get into these episodes because there's some there's one episode in particular I really enjoyed. Oh yeah, I know but, which one you're talking about too. But I honestly kind of feel like I'm done with things that are tied to the Clone Wars. I need a break from things that are tied to the Clone Wars. Yep. Yep. I, look, I have said, and um, I very publicly made this clear when we were covering season one, right, is that... (laughs) The biggest problem with the Bad Batch was not the characters, not anything else you were trying to do, is the fact that you were trying to chase Clone Wars' tail. Right. 
there's another factor. You're, though. you're not going to get there. Yeah, and there's another factor into this that I think is going to affect all the Star Wars shows that come out for the next few months. Which is? At least through the summer. I'm calling it the Andor factor. Because we have seen a different side of Star Wars with Cassie and Ant, the Cassie and Andor show. Mm-hmm. That a lot of Star Wars fans our age really were happy to see. Yeah. And I think it's ve- I really think it's very hard to go from Andor back to what the Bad Batch is. Yeah, no, it is. It is. You know, and again, I understand it's animated. It's 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 for kids, and it's a it is a fun show, especially. For the kids, but to go from what Andor was, and I think even Mandalorian season three is going to have a little bit of this too, because Andor is so unique, and I think people kind of got this taste for what Andor was once they figured it out. Right. And they're like, I want more of this, and not going back to as we have said on the show, where George says all Star Wars Star Wars should be written from mostly for twelve year olds. Right. See, that's that's. That's the thing that I want, you know, completely broken. You know, the idea that this, you know, you always bring up uh, the Skywalker box. Yeah, that's another thing here. It feels like. No, no, no. Let me use the term here. All right. You always bring up the Skywalker box. I will say the problem, the real problem is the real box it's not a Skywalker box. Because visit that all you want. It's fine. The real problem is, you know, this fan base, this fandom, this franchise is stuck. It's stuck in a box that they can't seem to break out of. I agree. I'm not. I'm not even going to argue argue that point because I think I think it's a very very valid ar- argument. It and or I think was an attempt to do it. And even though we were still stuck, we were still within the timeline and time frame of the Skywalker mm-hmm. saga. It was such on the peripheral and such a different story than anything we've ever had that you just it made it, made it stand out and shine. At Absolutely, least in my in my yeah. personal in my personal opinion. And I think what we need from Star Wars, and I think it's something that we haven't had a whole lot of to this point is diversified storytelling. No, we haven't. No, I think haven't. I think there's a general theme that has run through, whether it's the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy, the prequel trilogy, even Clone Wars. There's still that theme of the Jedi, the Empire, all, all of that. And I think that's what, even though Andor had the Empire, it was it was such a different look at it and such a different look at the world of Star Wars. And I think that's also why World One worked. And I think that's also why Solo worked. It worked for a lot of people is because it right. was a different look at the world of Star Wars, even though it's still kind of happening within the time frame mm-hmm. that they've established. And we've talked about how the movies and TV shows need to get outside of the of the the, the um, Empire sog- timeline, the Skywalker saga's timeline and do, yeah. do some things and one of the reasons why i'm so excited for star wars acolyte when that eventually comes out oh, oh god yeah that i feel is going to be like Andor, but a complete you know different look at that sort of breaking the convention and i want to be clear too i'm not trying to bash 
what's coming out now because what's coming out is so good. Like I said, even though I'm well, oh, oh I, neither you nor I are trying to do that. They yeah. they may think I'm trying to because apparently they think I'm a grump online. You know, you you have your grumpy moments. Not many of them, but I have them. Yeah, but no, all, all I'm trying to say is I, I still love Star Wars. I mean, like I said, Bad Batch, I wasn't excited for, but I've liked what I've I've liked what I've seen. Two, for the most part, I have a few gripes here and there that we'll talk about right. in, in this episode. But I mean, it's, I don't hate on any Star Wars. I just, I got a taste of something different with Andor, and I want more of. That's what I want more of, not more of taking a step back to things we already got. Right. Absolutely. I, before we get into the episodes, uh, spoils of war, ruins of war, and and the solitary clone. Um, I will say, you know, the one show coming this year that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you in the, I'm tired of stuff tied to the Clone Wars and this kind of is, but it's also tied to Star Wars Rebels, which like Clone Wars, I had a really interesting time trying to get into, um, Tied with Star Wars, tied to Star Wars Rebels, and that's Ahsoka. Uh, so I'm very excited for Ahsoka because I love Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. I'm oh, excited yeah. for something, some some of the things that are going to be happening happening with it. Um, I, I I there's a couple of things I'm I'm not I'm excited, but I'm not thrilled that it's going to tie into Rebels so heavily. Because I really want to see kind of Ahsoka have her own story here, but yeah, I'm but, very excited but keep for it. Because... In mind, it's not. Uh, I think we need to clear the air on something here. Uh, you know, people may go, "Oh, it's a direct sequel series to Rebels." I'm like, "No, it's not. It's really worked into the fabric of this Mandoverse at the moment." Well, yes and no. I mean, but you, I think it's going to have a lot of rebels. I mean, we're, we know well, like as well, we're, we're going to get in mind, more yes, less no. Sabine is going to be in this. Right. Hera is going to be in this. So there's going to be a lot of rebels. Sabine also there. makes sense to bring in some Mandoverse anyway. I mean, let's well, be right, honest. but uh, like I said, I, I again, I, I, Ahsoka right now is probably the number one Star Wars show for this year. I'm excited about because we know we're not getting Andor season two until 2024. Uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, we we differ on our thoughts on Mandalorian, which is fine. I'm very much looking forward to season three of Mandalorian because I think. Oh, it's I'm. Uh, look, look, don't get me wrong, people. When I criticize Mandalorian, I don't hate Mandalorian. I want it to be great. Okay, Yahoo jibs. So put down your lightsabers and pitchforks and listen up. I want it to be great. I want all Star Wars to be great. When I criticize it, it's I want a different show than it's turned into. I didn't ask for Manny and the Kid. I didn't ask for Tin Man Babysitting Frog Boy, whatever you want to call it. I did not ask for that. You know, want to know the real Mandalorian I wanted to see? I wanted to see the badass that came into that bar and kicked a lot of ass and took Blue Boy right out of it. That's what I wanted the whole show to be. I wanted that gun-drawn high noon showdown where he's fighting with IG-11. That's the show I wanted. 
when it when it went into the Grogu turn, I didn't get that. And when season two largely turned into Adventures of Beskar Babysitting, I did not get the show I wanted. So I want season three to be the best it can be. Because aside from, you know, deep fake digital VFX Skywalker showing up, making, reminding everyone that they suck the Dark Forces too, what has this show given me? You gave me bright spots in the form of Ahsoka Tano and Bo-Katan, but other than that, I'm barely hanging on as this. Well, you know, like I said, I, I think there's people out there who don't agree with your viewpoint, but that's fine. They're allowed to do that. I, I oh, think yeah, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed. I, I I enjoy the lone wolf and cub aspects of Mandalorian too, but uh, but you know, like I said, to each your own. You, you're hoping to see more of a Mandalorian that you were hoping for, and in your opinion, that's what make that will make it great. And that's you know what, that's cool because you have you have what you're hoping for, and that's I I, ho I hope it meets those expectations. I hope so too. I mean, so. look, look, the lone wolf and cub is fine. I just think they've been overplaying it just a little bit. Well, well, let's face it. Part of that is because Grogu became a worldwide sensation. No, part of it is because Grogu is nothing more than a mechanism to get this fandom to stop clawing at each other like rabid dogs. Well, it's kind of worked. You know, well, yes, it has, but you know that, and I know that. Oh, I, I, I think it's a little more than that, but it, it's definitely that's been one of the benefits of it for sure. Well, true, uh, and honestly, I hate when something gets self-focused group that that's the only reason it exists. Oh, I don't think that's the only reason, but it's it's a primary reason. Well, give me give me some other reason in the story. Right I, now, I, I don't have that. Give me some oh. other reason in the story. You know, the, yeah, I'm, we could go on about this, but I think we'll save that for when Mando Season 3 actually comes out. Yeah, I, that's true. We do have an incoming trailer. We can uh, do our yeah, little pre-show yeah, on, the, on the regular show. Yeah, well, I'm curious to see what we're going to see in that. But yeah. we, we are here to talk about some Bad Batch. So let's, let's get back to, to some of our favorite clones here and see what what they've been up to it was because they have the first episode which is spoils of war as we return to see what the bad batch has been up to mr Sennon, what were your initial thoughts on this episode i i thought okay if i said with season one you spent way too long chasing clone wars right mm -hmm. which you're never going to catch i mean at this point, chasing Clone Wars is like a dog trying to catch its own tail. Stop trying to do that. Okay, so I said that about season one. This opening here uh, felt more like the promise of the show. Felt more like your 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 A team of clones. Yeah, I, I, I agree. We see him kind of on this crazy, starting off with this crazy mission with the crab heist. Um, right. kind of, we kind of see, too, that if, you, if we take a good, a quick early notice, they've all repainted their armor. It's a little bit more bright than it was in season yeah. one. A little bit more uh, individuality, too. 
Um, so we, we've got that. We see Omega is under training um, by all of the members of the Bad Batch to yeah. fit, by to the way, fit more nozzle. By the way, can I point out that it's refreshing, even in an animated show, to see a body of water that doesn't make you want to pee for you know more than two hours? Oh, that's true, too. But <laughs> I'm what looking I, what at I, you, James. But what I really liked about this episode, and one of the things that I... I bring up too is we go we get through the plot the kind of the just the fun of the crab heist and kind of getting us reintroduced to the members of of the bad batch and things right. like that. But then when we get to the main heart of the story, even though yes, it is tying back into Clone Wars somewhat, this actually feels more na- uh, natural because you're staying within the timeline. We're talking about Count Dooku's war chest, what he's left in his palace, and how it's being raided by the Empire for its resources. But everybody else wants a little piece of this. Here and I actually think this is this is the kind of storyline that fits for the Bad Batch in the does, aspect of it does. We're, we're, but, instead instead of chasing something from Clone Wars per se, we're getting fallout from Clone Wars. Exactly, which is which is one thing season one extraordinarily lacked. Yeah, I, and I think I think I think if you're going to use the Clone Wars, something like this works so much better. It than does, trying to yeah. revisit aspects of the, of the Clone Wars, and I, I think that's why it works so well for me. I also like the fact that in this episode, we're seeing a little bit more of the individuality of each member of the Bad Batch, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the philosophy of what they should be doing. A big conflict, I think, between um, Echo and Hunter as far as the direction of what they should be doing with their with their abilities and their resources, where Hunter yep. wants to stay under the radar and just uh, protect Omega and be a, be out of the way. Echo is showing him from being a clone trooper, a regular clone trooper for so long, his still desire to want to help the people and thinking they should be doing more, maybe working with Rex and or, or something like that, but doing more than what they are doing right now, which is basically just looking out for themselves. Yeah. By the way, uh, the the uh, heist that opened up the episode, did mm-hmm. you get a feeling of um, uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? I think it's number three. Uh, I can see, I can see that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. with the silliness of it and things like that. With that kind of silliness, I mean, granted, it's not it's not exactly that tone and silliness. I think um, a lot of that in Bad Batch would have been about as silly as uh, as uh, young Caleb Dune and and a forty two year old Freddie Prince Jr. voice coming out of him. Yeah. Well, like like I said, I because think... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Last season, I know y'all loved seeing uh, Caleb, but uh, I'm sorry, that was just stupid. Well, you know, we we've talked about that. Let's let's move forward. Let's talk about making what we up, got. making us wonder why Jedi puberty is such a bizarre thing. Yeah, well, like I said, let's let's, let's move on. Let's stay on I season. Know, I know, I know. Uh, let's not get you sidetracked. I I I I know you're thinking about your Haslab. Mm. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So, one of the, the some of the aspects I really liked about this episode, David, were the whole heist concept as far as what they were stealing and what they yeah. were going after. I like the fact that we're seeing, you know, still this mix of the empire of being 
clones, but also the new stormtroopers as well, where they're just recruited in, and you're seeing that. But I, I have a knock on, on this too, and I have a knock on something they're doing with this because it feels like it's something they're doing to appease it to make it a family show. Oh, can I can I say my, a knock I have before you say yours? Sure. Uh, look, I I love uh, voice actors. Part of the great part about Clone Wars that you got great voice actors. But I'm sorry, one because when you have a voice actor, you're not thinking, oh, that's the that's the person. I know that face. Wanda Sykes pulled me out of what you're trying to do in that animated character. Well, she was there briefly. I I, I didn't bother I me know, that much. It, it was such a small little thing that it really didn't matter. Yeah. But I'm like, you couldn't have found a voice actor for that? Oh, I think this was probably something where Wanda asked and they said, okay, we'll do this for you. Yeah, probably. So it was just kind of like, okay, we're, we're, we're good to go here, but... um. Like no, here is here is Wanda my Wanda stumbled into the sound booth or something. Here is my beef right now with Clone Wars or with with um Bad Batch. Yeah, seems very one and the same, doesn't it? Oh, at times, yeah, but I mean that makes sense. I get that, but yeah, the fact that the Bad Batch is only using stun weapons against the Imperial forces now. Do not get me wrong. I understand the idea and the concept they don't want to hurt their brothers. But they also know there are other people now who are stormtroopers. Right. They... This is a combat unit, and all of a sudden they've got a sense of morale, that big of a sense of morality. And I'm sorry, this is a really, 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 really big sticking point. And especially, again, coming off of what we just had with Andor to go to this, mm-hmm. and it just... It, Unless they write this into the story later in the season, they're, they're, they make this a story plot point. This is just, all this is is screaming of, we need to keep this a family show. We need to keep this a, 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 at a certain level. Exactly. That's all, that, that's all that's doing. Now, what I will say is the second episode, um, you... And you know the moment I'm talking about, you can kind of see that breaking a bit when when Wrecker gets himself a new toy. Well, yeah, but even even still, you can tell he wasn't aiming at the clones or the troopers. Right, no, yeah, de- definitely. But He may I mean, have a new toy, but he doesn't really know how to shoot. Yeah. He's an OT yeah. stormtrooper. Yeah, but I mean... Again, if they give me a story later on in the season that kind of deals with this aspect of it, mm-hmm. great. But right now, it just it still feels like no. Wait a minute here. They're good. They're not going to stun everybody. Yeah, because didn't they spend the majority of season one doing that? I think at to a point the after a point they switched everything to stun. But I know at the beginning of it they weren't. Mm. And you know again. Everybody on the other side is trying to kill him. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, because at I, this point in the timeline, you, you, you know, they're doing that naturally. Yeah. And like I said, at this point in the timeline, too, the clones are getting phased out. Right. So, I mean, I, I get it. Like I said, I understand one aspect of it, but it's something that I think 
if they just let this go and don't address it during the season, I'm going to have a real big issue with the Riders. Oh, that's going to be really, really... Uh, I'm going to... Let's just say... And I'm glad I'm off Twitter because I'd be very upset with this, but if that if that were to happen again for the the whole majority of this season, uh, let's just say people on social media are going to see the real grumpy side of me. You think you've seen it? You haven't. Well, and like I said, I can hear the fans out there saying, but they're just trying to protect their brothers. There's this, there's that, there's this. And I understand that, and I respect that, but you're also at war. Right. And at some point, you can't, when you're at war, and the other person doesn't have any qualms about killing you, you're going to be forced into tough choices. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. like I said, if the writers are willing, I'm willing to let this go if the writers address it during the season. If it's just an afterthought through this season, I think that's just weak writing and not taking advantage of a great storyline you, you have there. I agree. You know what they need? What's that? And this show really doesn't have as much, as often as people think. But what they need is Dave. And I only say that because when Clone Wars was going on, he had no problem with killing off clones. He treated those clones like they were wearing red shirts on Star Trek. Right. And like I said, there's, there's a storyline there, and I'm willing to give it time. So we'll see what happens there. The oh, other I thing know. I'm gonna... I know. All I'm saying is look at the two sides. He treated clones like they were red shirts in Star Trek on an away mission. Bad Batch is treating clones with kid gloves. Well, the the other thing the other thing is this too with Bad Batch, and this is I'm going to say I felt I feel a little bit better about this after episode three, and we'll talk about that with episode three. But I'm still have my concerns. Right. I do not want to see Bad Batch turned into the mission or heist of the week. I don't either. Considering we just spent a majority of uh, season one where it was it was just that. Yeah, but I mean, the second half of season I mean, one. Once um, the premiere and episode two got over the fact that you were basically retreading uh, episode three. Yeah. Because what wasn't aftermath basically retreading uh, uh, that moment in Sith? It, it kind of felt like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, not, not to mention making a comic book seem canon useless. True, but. The other thing with this episode, too, is obviously it's the first of, of a two-part episode, so you, it's kind of hard to give it the full range because it's only part one. Um, I mean, this, this this episode was very much a kind of paint-by-numbers reintroduction to the Bad Batch, that, which is fine. That's why we're, do, that's why we're doing three, three every three weeks and not isolated episodes because I'm like, ah, this well, again? I, 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 I think for the season premiere of Bad Batch, it's fine. Yeah. I, I think it's fine. You kind of re, kind of just give everybody a chance to get a refresher, catch their breath, kind of get a feel for what the current status quo is of the Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. And I do like the fact, like I said, that what what they were going after was Count Dooku's. Um, my only, but I have a little nickpick with this, David. I'm going to go ahead and take 
kind of move us into episode two because really that's just how this flows. You yeah, yeah, I agree. But without the other, um, a couple of things with episode okay. two. All right. Um, here, now here's one of my knocks. You're in Count Dooku's palace. You can't tell me there's not some high value Jedi stuff they could have found, or dark side stuff they could have found. Right, right. Instead of, oh, it's a bunch of shiny things. They could, there could have been something of so much more significance that they could have come across. Right, right. And I, I, I'm like, really? That's the best you can do as far as the war chest. You know what? You know what would have been funny. What's that? If if Wrecker had found, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but I blame that damn Night Sister stuff. Uh, if Wrecker had found a set of old PJs, <laughs> see to me, what would have been really cool is what if the Bad Batch had come across like a Jedi weapon, even a lightsaber or. Um, some holocrons or something like that. Right, right. I, you're going all serious. I'm going with a sort of um, uh, angle of goofy shit. Oh, I know. I understand, I understand that. But I, 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 this is where I think that it really felt like it dropped the ball a little bit here because there were just so much things of so much more importance that could have been inside Dooku's castle. And, and yeah, maybe they were the priority to get out, but it still would have been cool. They find something that gives us gives them more about the history of order 66 or something like that that's something that could be a major tie changer or, or something right but something instead, that serves more narrative to the story right instead what do we get we get shiny things which apparently is like ooh, i omega needs the sparklies the whole episode yeah i, I look i i'm not sure what they're doing with omega but um could somebody, you know, give this kid a point? I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, there's, it feels like, okay, we need to get a little bit more character development than Omega. Let's see what's going to happen here. But, mm -hmm. I mean, this episode now, was... I, I will say this. I will say this. And, and yeah, I'm not going down my Mandalorian diatribe again. But, uh, Hunter proves I'm just going to say it Hunter proves he is a far better dad than Din Djarin <laughs> well not only that I think it's just a far better family dynamic right now because they all kind of look out for Echo um, right but, but, that, but that's what I mean Hunter is a far better dad than Din Djarin yeah. but I will say this to me the star of this episode was Tech yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, he 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 restores that old old school data, um, Roma for Romar, um. Then then just the conversations he has, and I th I think what I liked about this goes to the side things I liked about this episode were the quieter moments when they're having conversations and you're getting the Bat Batch members kind of understanding there's a little bit more to things than what me for themselves than what what they just think there is oh yeah you can start to see the the different gears turn and so on and i like that 
you know, I, I think I think they kind of overplayed the Omega being so obsessed with the war testing a little bit. Yeah, they kind of uh, played it in a very sort of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, didn't they? Yeah, it, it kind of, it kind of felt like a little bit like that, or just you know, like all of a sudden Omega is just like obsessed with the war chest and yeah. not. Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, and look, I I feel like uh, they really didn't know what to do with him when uh, they uh, they un they unthought him in that um, that Lost Missions Clone Wars episode. Uh huh. But do you feel like they're frigid, Echo? I don't think so. I think we're gonna see more of of that of more of what's going on with Echo when they bring because we know Rex is coming back in this season. Right. I yeah. really think that's going to. I think what you're going to see is Echo actually having some conflict with Hunter through a good portion of the season about what, what the, the Bad Bat should be doing. Because he seems well, you, to be kind of the one that's like, we should be doing more. We should be doing. You can already see a little bit of that tug and pull. Yeah. So I think I think that I think that's very, very interesting in that aspect. Um, I I, think, just, I only ask because it felt. It felt like, especially in the second episode, where it's like, you're not giving Echo much to do, except maybe, you know, limp to the old man's hovel, and, oh, I don't know, maybe talk some sense into uh, Omega's war chest obsession. Well, I, I think I think in this case, though, that, I mean, that's kind of some key, key points, but I think the key, like I said, the key point for Echo in this is the fact that he's trying to courage that they can do more there's more they can do we do it's not just about buying their freedom like and getting that they need to see the bigger picture right and i i think i think really i mean these this these first two episodes as a work as a season premiere and do what a season premiere like this this type of show does which is it basically just kind of gets you re-back familiar with the characters and kind of gives you what the status kind of gives you a preview of what the probably the status quo is for this season now I will say this should not have been just one and two. This should have been just your premiere, much like um, aftermath in season one was your premiere. And it because if the two episodes had been one uh, whole, right? I feel like it would have flowed better, mm-hmm. right? Um, it it's almost like. You know, when you're watching other, you know, shows on Disney Plus, uh, you know, Star Wars or Marvel shows especially, uh, it's almost like they pick an odd place to cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's how this felt going from, uh, you know, one to two. Yeah. Well, I think I think for me the biggest thing of this particular episode too is in the actual aftermath of the episode. As we see Vice Admiral Rampart, and and things take a pretty dark turn as he kills Captain Wilco to prevent his report of Clone Force ninety nine being present through all. Yeah. Of this. And it, it's I think it's an interesting thing where just how much the you see the higher ups in the Empire give a, zero care about the clones. All they care about is their own benefits and things like that. And where we see where Wilco's like, I'm not going to false do a false report. So you start it's something that we started seeing a little bit at the end of last season. We're seeing more this season too. Is that the clones, even though they have this programming, are their own consciousness is starting to fight against that a little bit. 
Right, and the Empire obviously would spend the majority uh, of the season quelching that. Right, so um, I, I think that was very interesting and very dark turn, too. For th th That, honestly, our Vice Admiral reminded me of a certain mutton-chopped ad Admiral from the beginning of Rebels. Callus? Yes, and how he carried himself. In this particular, yeah, but I don't, I don't see this guy uh, having the meme name of Hot Rampart. No, I don't, I, I do, I, I do not see him become going the way of Callus. But I'm just saying, no, his, I... his personality reminded me of those early times, early beginning Callus of Rebels. Yes, in in that one isolated moment in season one, Rampart was just a. Uh, um, I'm just going to say, he was an R2-D bag. Yeah, well, and he still is, but I think they're, they're well, setting yeah. up... Well, yeah, now he's just an R2-D bag whose holocrons have dropped. Yeah, exactly, so... And kids, but, I mean... you, and kids, if you need a translator for those words, don't ask your parents. Wait till you're 20, 25, you'll figure it out. Yeah, but I mean, I, th I think I think the big thing for this episode, like I said, this episode and these two was, it was a great way to reintroduce the Bad Batch, kind of give us a reminder, get us up to speed on, on the status quo right now. And then it I was. think going, going forward, it's going to be very interesting seeing what they, what they do and what directions they take. I mean, what did you think? Is is that kind of what the same vibe you were getting from these first two episodes? Um, yeah, it's a it's a decent start. You know, uh, I do think, and a lot of people pointed this out on social media. I know. Um, uh, your boy Kevin Reitzel pointed it out. Uh, the the using stun blasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a war. You yeah, got to get out of that, right? And yeah. I will just double down and say, if they don't, then these writers have. I'm just gonna say it. If they don't get out of that, these writers have failed their own show. Oh, I don't know. Well, like I said, we'll see. I think this is something by mid-season they need to have addressed. So. Yeah, because, well, I'll give it till mid-season, but Kyle, I'm I'm very miffed because, like you were talking about earlier in the program, coming off of Andor, where we, where we really saw the oppression of the Empire hammered home, Yeah, a lot of this feels light. Well, but I mean, again... And and if you're dealing in this timeline, it shouldn't. Well, but but here, but here's here's the other thing, David. And here's the flip here's the flip side of this, and this is where I'm willing to give a little leeway. It's an animated sure. show that its primary target is kids. No, I know, I know. And again, that's that box I was talking about. Yeah, well, where... like I said, well, I think as older fan, the older fans are feeling what, like I said, what I, I'm calling the Andor. Well, but no, no, no. Well, um, the point I'm making though is that that's that's the box I was talking about, mm -hmm. where Star Wars needs to get out of that. Well, and and... If, and if getting out of that means adopting more things like Andor, fine. If getting out of that means that you walk away from Star Wars animation, fine. But you need to get out of that. And by the way. I don't mind animation. A lot of animated shows, you know, are are gutsy enough to 
take the leap and do more things adult. I'm not talking graphic nudity and and you know puppet lovemaking like Team America World Police. I'm or, not or, or, or even the extreme violence. Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not talking invincible for God's sake. <laughs> but a lot of animated shows dare to take the leap. Bad Badge has not. Well, and then, and then, like I said, to an aspect, to a certain point of that, I'm fine with that. But there's there's some things that I think Bad Batch is is trying to make it that can address better than how they're addressing it. Yeah, I know, and you and I both know because we we went through we took the chronological order plunge uh, a couple of years ago. So you and I both know. I mean, hell, even Clone Wars took the leap. Yep. Right? So, well. Let's talk about though taking that leap because let's talk about episode three that just oh, came out. Perfect transition because episode three feels wildly three hundred and sixty-five different than the first two episodes. Oh. I had to check Disney Plus and be like, "What the hell did I just watch?" So episode three, which is the um, the episode entitled "The Solitary Clone." We don't see the Bad Batch in this episode. What we see is what the status is of Crosshairs, who has not had an easy go of it since the end of the prior season. We've come to find out he was stranded on uh, after the episode on on a platform for 32 days. And he's yeah. just now kind of medically recovered and gotten back to duty. He's dealing with Rampart, who refuses to call him by his... who hates clones and only calls them by their numbers, in this case, CT-9904. Uh-huh. And but we see a crosshairs who's still stuck with the the advanced version of Order sixty six in his head because they did that augmentation to it last season. Right now, wait, wait a minute. If you want to talk about what we open with, because we don't open directly with crosshair. Right. We we open we open with the Empire being the Empire trying to annex another territory, and hey, guess what? It turns out these people have some. Leftover battle droids from the Clone Wars. Yeah, I'm just going to point this out, right? And this is no slight to Matthew Wood. We love Matthew here. Uh, believe me, uh, when I was working at a grocery store in California, uh, one, of, one of my customers was uh, his dad. So I got to meet Papa Grievous, okay? So we love Matthew here. But... I said this from episode one, and I say it now. These battle droids are great until they start talking. Roger, Roger. Oh, God. Uh. Oh, I, I so th- th- this, this, is a, this is the episode. It's a very, very good episode. It's a very, very well done story. It is. It is very much so, yes. But it does have a little bit of a, the chasing the Clone Wars tale feel to it as well. Yes, which which I will ding a bit because we were just talking about that with the first two. Yeah. This one this one has actually a little bit more feel of that than really even the first two did as far as that aspect of it goes, but it's such a good story with crosshairs. And not only crosshairs, but the return of one of our favorite clones, Commander Cody. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna ask before we get deeper into things. I'm just gonna ask right out. 
did they change some of Cody's or uh, backstory? Because I feel like this wildly changed what we know with Cody. I, I think they they have, but again, can, canon in Star Wars is awful flexible these days. Mm, yeah, I know. Canon in Star Wars feels like a gymnast. Yeah. No, we see Cody. His armor is more reflective of the Empire coloring now. He doesn't have his classic Cody yellow going on. Um, right, which, does which I got. I gotta say, uh, looks and looks. Uh, uh, when I first saw it, like some kind of fifty cereal box. Yeah, and I think too. You brought up this point, David, about changing Cody's uh, canon. I think it's very much going to change because if you watch this episode and the way it goes. I could see a when we basically we get a defecting by the end of it we have a defecting commander Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think you're gonna next time you see Commander Cody pop up, he's probably gonna be hanging out with Rex. Probably, yeah. But but the thing about this episode, David, that I really liked, one is I loved everything through Crosshair's perspective. Because I, he's I, got mean, such gr- a- I mean, granted, I would prefer a Cody go hang out with Obi-Wan in a season two. Uh, yeah, well, who knows, but who knows if we'll even get a season two of Obi-Wan, but that's all. Yeah, probably not. I know. Um, but I th- here's the thing about this episode, and this is what I liked about this episode. Like I said, everything through the Crosshair's perspective, mm-hmm. where he's, he's you see him and you see what he's doing, and it, there's some great action scenes with Crosshair. The other thing I did like about this, and even though it is a little bit of chasing the Clone Wars tale, I loved Commander Cody being in charge of the platoon and just the feel of their mission. Oh, yeah. It felt like some of those great mission stories from Clone Wars. Yeah. It did. Yeah. And having Cody and one of my favorite scenes of this spoiler warning for those of you who haven't watched it yet, you might want to tune out for a minute. When they're going up that staircase and Crosshairs is throwing the little mirrors. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, and and we see all kinds of flavors of droids. Right. We 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 get the full co- complement of flashback to Clone Wars battle droids. Uh, yeah. Droidikins to I mean, I mean if if I was going on about stop chasing Clone Wars' tail, you didn't listen with episode 3, but man, did you give a a big old punch to a show that needed it. Yeah, and I think, like I said, this the, the there was there were high stakes in this episode. There was definitely political agendas going on. Oh yeah, you have you had everything that happened at the end with Cody trying to negotiate, and then Crosshair is just taking out the the person that they were sent there to go at go at go after to, so they could rescue this this weak ass governor that was taking yeah, over. Apparently, everything. a character that also is. Tied to uh, Dina Bonteri. Yeah, Ang Duku. So, well, yeah, cause, so... and and what she basically refers to in dialogue, I'm like, did they just did they just? Uh, I don't know if it'll ever be used in any medium. Probably not. Looking at you, Andor season two, but did they just lightly refer to the delegation of two thousand? Yeah, I, I, again, you know that—that's what makes this episode so good. But because, because, well, but do you get that sense? Because yeah, the way she's like, and your your emperor rejected it. That to me, 
feels like they're giving a nod to a scene that George never should have cut, by the way. I mean, True. cutting that scene from episode three was just pointless. No, I, I, I think, I think, like I said, I think this, this is the only thing. This, this episode just had so. This, this is a very thick episode. There's a lot of references in this episode. There's a lot oh, yeah. of things going on. One thing that I question, I, I've read this in, in, in several places from just people commenting. They think this was the episode where Crosshairs is starting to come around and maybe will defect. I didn't get that feeling. I didn't either. I mean, uh, I don't see how anyone would get that feeling. I get that feeling from Cody, not Crosshair. By Crosshair the way, to me. By the way, how weirded out were you when Crosshair met up with Cody? And it's literally right in the location where Ahsoka ran for her life uh, um, back in the Clone Wars. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's uh, like I said, a lot of little tie-ins here, and it's, it, it's very interesting. Like it's, it's I, exactly the the spot. The thing that's so fascinating to me, and I think it's the it's what makes Crosshairs too the most maybe fascinating character by the Bad Batch right now. Yeah, is that. He's still loyal because of his programming. Now, do I think that maybe he's not a big Rampart fan? Yeah, I kind of get that feeling, and I think he kind of knows that there's some bad stuff that's going to come his way at some point. Right, yeah. He knows, but, but, he, he knows something's going to get him at some point. Yeah. But he also is, he's also still controlled by his programming that he's a soldier. Mm-hmm. And good soldiers follow orders. So I'm going to... I do think at some point in the season we're going to have a crosshair story, and he's going to... Something's going to happen with Crosshairs. Let me put it this way. I, I, I have never felt that Crosshairs is going to ever come back and just be part of the Bad Batch again. No, no. I don't. I, I'm just going to call it out. And do I think these writers will do it? No, not at all. But I'm just going to call it out for me, right? For me, personally. I think he's going to shoot Rampart. I think that's a possibility. I don't think Crosshair survives season two. No. No. I mean, I, I will say this. If if one person doesn't survive, doesn't, uh, doesn't die in season two, then these writers really have played it with kid gloves safe. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Because I think they have... I, I'm going to bet that they are writing this season and they can't write it quite like how they wrote season one. They got to write this season. Like it might be the only, it might be the last season of bad batch. Yeah. Because I look, do I think it's going to get a season three? No, I do not. One, I think, um, you know, just, just in general, I don't see, uh, an animated show from Disney going past, two seasons nowadays anyway. And two, um, you're in a really tight space when you're doing the clone phase out. Yeah. The, right? the, the, the only thing that I can see where they I can mean really like tight space. This yeah. isn't like, this isn't like clone wars where you take a, a three years of a war 
and somehow we have seven seasons out of it. Yeah. I think the only way they do that, they can pull it off is at some point if they have to do some kind of time jump. Oh, you mean like a, like a mid-season jump? Yeah, or even if it's an in-between season time jump, like season when they hit, if they do a season three, let's say 20 years have passed. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, it's, just, it's just hard to say. And I think, I think, but I agree with you. This is the other problem with what they're doing with Bad Batch. And this is kind of ties into even Clone Wars and Rebels a little bit. We are get, we are in a very tight time box. And so they've got to maneuver carefully here. So, yeah. But, I, but this episode by far, best, I mean, we've only had three episodes, but this episode was just at a cut above the season premiere. And I think a cut above many of the episodes in season one. Oh, it was. It felt like an entirely different show. I had to double check Disney Plus and be like, "Wait, what? What am I watching?" So, um, I... no, go ahead, David. So, I, I mean, this this episode stood out, right, mm-hmm. as exceptional peak. The first two, I'm just like, it's an exceptional start. But I wouldn't. I think the first two. I think the first two are, for what it is, are is a. I'm not even gonna say exceptional start. It's it's a solid start. It, it re like I said, it reintroduced us into the world, got us familiar with the characters. Episode three took the other character who is of great interest to Bad Batch fans. Not only gave him a phenomenal episode, but did give the Clone Wars fans something to chew on and gave us, who in my opinion is still one of the most popular characters from. Clone Wars and Commander Cody and oh, gave yeah. he, is giving him a moment to shine and I think Commander Cody is going to be a big part of season two going forward. I mean, I'm I'm still a little miffed that this gave Commander Cody a great platform and yet uh, Obi Wan missed the mark. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just like, wait, what? How? Why? Now. I say that because I wanted Cody in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And also, i am I'll be honest with you. I'm on more of a live-action kick than I am an animation kick right now. That, doesn't, that does not mean I don't like or appreciate animation. And it certainly doesn't mean I say some, some really dumb things... Like a certain Bob Chapek said about animation. I'm sorry, you and I, Kyle, both know that was just stupid. Well, it was. And Star Wars animation has a very important part. I mean, I love Star Wars Visions. I love Clone Wars. And I, I like Bad Batch. Um, yeah. I, think, I, I think for me, we just... Bad Batch represents seeing... It's like... You know what it is, David? It's Linus's security blanket. Wait, animation or just Star Wars in general? No, the 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 world of the Clone Wars and the storylines they tell. I think it is the security blanket for Star Wars right now, for Star Wars fans. It's like it's like the one thing they can go to and go, oh, this is. This I can is, see this that. Makes, I can see that. It makes that. me feel so at sure. home and feel at safe. And sometimes I can that, see that. It's a fair majority of them. And I mean, I'm not going to fault people for that, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but. No, no, no. I'm not either. 
The yeah. only thing I would say that's wrong with that as mm -hmm. an overall idea. And Kyle, you and I can both go back and forth on this and agree or disagree, you know, politely. Come on, fans, that's a shocker of an idea. But the overall problem with that concept of the security blanket you're talking about is this franchise cannot grow if fans only want that. Well, and that's that was going to be my point is eventually you have to take the security blanket away so people can expand their horizons and grow. Absolutely. And and, and I'm sorry, Andor did that. Well, and again, and I'm going to say this, and I think there's well, a reason Andor why. Andor did that to wonderful effect, and Bad Batch just feels like you're being tucked in at night and read a story. Well, and again, I, I come back to the aspect of that. Now, I look at Andor. Andor had a very strong and very insistent lead writer and creator behind it who was very insistent. He, I am telling the story I'm going to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Where I think, where I think, you have some Star Wars creators right now, who are still stuck in the I I I level thing of we still want to pay tribute to what George did, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I, I and I and I, I and I, but I think there's also we've got to move forward. We've got to move a little bit outside of the box, and that's something right. I am. Yeah. I am hoping that's going to be happening with Ahsoka and with um, Mandalorian is they're going to they're going to start moving outside of the box. I right. think Mando season two. I do think there was episodes of Mando season two that started to get outside of the box. There were, there were, and like I said, there were bright spots. I said in my rant at the top of the show, but like I said, there were bright spots for me, and that was Ahsoka Tano. I'm looking at my Rebels, um, you know, premium format figure. She's lovely. But Ahsoka Tano and my girl Bo, right? Those yeah. were the very two bright spots. And now going into season three, I'm like, okay, what else you got? Yeah, well, and I think, I think that's, again... Uh... This is something I commend Andor for, and I I commend. I'm I really really am hoping that Andor opens up the gates again. Bad Batch is a is an animated show. Yes, it's there's something in it for everyone, right. and it's not bad. But I want to see Star Wars continue to grow and become something more than what it is right now. And I think continuing to not that there's anything. Again, people are going to take this the wrong way, and I, I know they are. I, that doesn't mean I don't like, I dislike Bad Batch or anything like that. I just, and it's, I'm, I'm fine with these characters. I would just like to see some growth in, in, in more of the aspects of Star Wars that Andor offered us, and I'd like to see that idea of growth expand out more into the other projects that are in the works for Star Wars right now. Oh, I absolutely agree. I 100% agree. That goes for, same for me, and that goes for not just the shows you're doing, but the the movies, be it 2025, 2026, 2027, or whatever, okay? Uh, more on that later. But, you know, that goes for anything you're doing. 
at the at the moment. And you know, take the security blanket away. Rip the band-aid off. You know, I don't know. Maybe recast characters, you know, and you know, realize that this deep fake BFX stuff is only gonna get you so far. Fans are not that childish. A majority of them are, clearly, but fans are not that childish. They will grow up and get over it. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, they will heal. They will retreat to their little man cave, lick their wounds, and either enjoy or go find something else to do. Uh, or okay, maybe so... go outside and touch some grass. But don't be afraid to rip the band-aid off and do something different. Because at this well, point, you're not. Well, I think here's the thing, David, and I, I know you and I have a little bit of a disagreements about the deep deep fade technology and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because I think one of the things that they are using that for with the Luke thing is maybe giving us some Luke tales we've always wanted and don't haven't gotten to see yet. Well, look, and... look, look. Let me clear up some misconceptions. I... How can I say this? I do not mind that, it, that you know, look, I love what I see, right? Mm -hmm. Is Luke Skywalker showing everybody why they suck to Dark Forces too? I get that, okay? I love that. Do I like the route they've chosen to go down? Absolutely not. Because morally, I think it's a route Hollywood should never even tickle or consider doing. The well, character but... is bigger than the actor. You recast for a certain point in that character's life. You always do that. I'm going to go back to my example of Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's not like they were using uh, VFX or trickery or whatever to rebuild Egon for that whole freaking movie. Had they done that, I probably would have walked out of the movie. And this is me saying that, okay? I'm about as big a Ghostbusters fan as I am a Star Wars fan. I may be a Star Wars guy, but I will always be a ghost kid. That's just a bottom line fact, all right? Yeah, I, I think I think this is something, at least when it comes to Luke Skywalker. Now, now but, but wait, to, to let me finish my point, though, okay? Now, that being said, all of that being said, all right, what I what I will admit is this is giving you the Luke Skywalker that in reality, in all honesty, I don't think George Lucas, the man you all praised or pissed on for a decade, I don't think he would have given you in the slightest. I don't think well, he had I, any interest in that. Yeah, I, I think I think the issue for here is that I think it's giving us some story that if we would have had some of this story before other things had come out, we might have accepted certain aspects of those stories better. Probably, yeah. Um, I think too, as far as the deep fate goes, this is this is going to be a very interesting time for Hollywood in general because we know James Earl Jones. Here recently, as before he retired, said he recorded plenty of stuff to where his voice will be the voice of Darth Vader well after he's gone. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I didn't need him to say that. I could tell that was not James. 
Because if you listen to the subtlety of the difference between his actual recording in Rogue One and this, yeah, you could tell the AI difference. Well, there's going to be a little bit of that. And let's remember, some of the stuff he's recorded, man's 91 years old. He's, yeah, his voice is uh, going to have changed. That is true, yeah. Um, Wait, you know, I, I, Yeah, I believe that's how old Mr. James Earl Jones is. But here's Jesus the, maybe it's Christ. 81, but but I'll give you another perfect example of this, is Peter Cullen. I love Peter Cullen. He's always going to be Optimus Prime. But you listen to how he sounds as Optimus Prime in the new movies. He doesn't quite sound like the same Optimus Prime from back in the 80s. No, no. I mean, clearly in the Transformers Rise of the Beast trailer, they've had to synthesize that to get it up to, you know, 80s Peter Cullen again. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just, it's life and it's it's like that. Oh, and I, I think know, the- I know. It's, it's, it's life and happens, but it doesn't make it any less. Uh, and disturbing I think, when well, Hollywood decides to go down that route. But David, I think here's here's the other thing, and I don't think it's necessarily that Hollywood is deciding to go down that route. I think it's kind of being dictated to by the aspect of where we are at this point now with our fandoms. Yeah. That we lock in so much on one person playing a role, we refuse to let somebody else be in that role. We don't well, accept. Then, well, then that becomes a whole other conversation. That becomes right, but I that, think that I think be, I now hang on a second. That becomes that unhealthy tumor that's been on fandom oh, for years, well, and well, honestly well, has to be gutted and removed. Well, I understand that, but Hollywood right now, because of the way certain things are, are is not ready to gut and remove that tumor. They're going to ride with. But keeps the fans happy and keeps no, the fans I, I agree. popping I agree. their dollars They're, out. I agree. They're going to make fans a, a cup of soup, tuck them into bed, and be like, "Here." So I, I think, and I think there's positives and negatives. Don't I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go 100% either, either way on that because I think, I think you, it can have an open discussion about it and see both. See some sides of it, but right, yeah. I mean, Kyle, we do, the, you and the, I do problem, better. You and I do better in that than most aspects of life right now. But I think I think David, the, the the problem ultimately becomes again, Star Wars needs to grow itself, and it feels like at times that Star Star Wars is just chasing its tail and eating itself. And... <laughs> yeah, more chasing its tail. It hasn't really, unless you count the fan base, where that's a different kind of eating itself. The franchise hasn't really reached that, but chasing its tail, it's been doing for quite a while. And the problem with that is, is that when you sit there and you chase your tail and chase your tail, you can't, you can't see the world that's going on around you. And I think, I think that's where Star Wars really needs to stop and see, because I think Star Wars is, is chasing to its own tail to the point where it's hurting itself. And I, I'm, I'm just going to say this, that this is a Bad Batch show, and I understand that our conversations kind of just went this way because I think Bad Batch is an example of this. It is. It is. Is is that, and I think there's a bigger example of this problem. Star Wars is so busy chasing its own tail. Look what it has done to the movie position Star Wars is in right now. 
which is no. basically basically well, nothing but well, rumors. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's more getting into Disney's stupidity, which I do not want to do at the moment. No, I'm not. I'm 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 strictly looking at. There's a Disney factor to that, which we can talk about on another podcast. Right. All I'm saying though is is that it's not just that stupidity. It's it's people feeding this Star Wars idea that's got to keep chasing its own tail and trying to recapture a magic instead of trying to no, build I a magic. No, I but we're going to table that conversation because right. you know that's more that's more the Disney factor of what are you guys doing? Well, but but I'm, and I'm point, the point the only point I'm making though here, David. Let me let me finish my point here. All right, is that. They're chasing their tail so much, they're not seeing what's going on around it. And that everything, I 100%, all the that I 100% agree with, yes. And, and the, the movie aspect is one of it. Not being able to seem to get outside of their own box, except for when somebody who is admitted, I respect Star Wars, but I'm not a, necessarily a fan of Star Wars. Somebody who yeah, brings in like, a different... Like Tony? It takes somebody... It takes somebody under those circumstances to get them outside of the box, and that's a problem. You're referring to Tony? I'm referring to Tony. Yes. No, I agree. I 100% agree. But that's a whole other conversation for a whole other show. Oh, yeah. Show. No. I'm just, but I'm just, like I said, I think Bad Batch is a great example of where Star Wars is at right now. Is it No, good? it is. It is. is Especially it good? coming yeah. off of Andor. Andor was that shot across the bow... And Bad Batch, Bad Batch might as well be, you're getting ready for that shot, but the cannon peters out. Well, no, what it is, what it is is that we had this shot across the bow that was in Andor that kind of woke everybody up. But the problem is, is you have something like Bad Batch, which is basically okay. Now that we woke you all up, we're gonna just put you under the blanket again and go back to sleep now. So let me before we wrap this up, let me ask you a serious question then. Mm-hmm. What do you think they would have? What do you think they should have let off 2023 with that would have changed that narrative? I think I think I personally feel they should have done Bad Batch and let off Andor, let off 2023 with that. You mean like switched it? Yeah, I think they should have switched it. I think we should have gotten Bad Batch over the holidays. Mm-hmm. As it just, it's a. I think it's a better fit. Start the year off with Andor and say, guess what? This is the year Star Wars makes a jump. Ah, ah, okay. Like, go, you mean go Andor, Ahsoka, Skeleton Guru? Well, no, I would, I would go, it would be Andor, Mandalorian Season 3, and let's see if Mandalorian Season 3 can give us something a little different. Then we have Ahsoka. Well, yeah, have I, I guess I'll put. I'll put more Mandalorian season three in there when we when I see you're doing something a little different because as but, of but, right now I'm a little kind of on edge. I know. Yeah, no, I, I understand that, but I think I think Andor coming after Bad Batch, and even if Mando Mando is the next series after Andor, mm-hmm. I think I think with the idea, I'm, and I'm just going off of things I've seen in the trailer and things I've read. I do think there's going to be some differences to this next season of Mandalorian. And I think if you have Andor kind of kick things off and give us that flavor of something different, you can build from that on each show going forward. 
with Bad Batch kind of being and not having this going from this super serious and or to Bad Batch, an animated show that, yes, it appeals to everybody, but it's designed mostly at kids. That's a very drastic difference. So you think, think had they gone uh, and or Mando season three, Ahsoka skeleton crew, that would have been a far better uh, way to say, okay, 2023 year Star Wars grows up. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Instead of going, okay, here Star Wars grows up, now we're going to tuck you into bed again. Now we're exactly. going to throw more grown-up stuff at you. Exactly. Ah, I see. See, I would have preferred them start off with Ahsoka. Well, uh, right, but Ahsoka wasn't going to be done in time. We know no, that. Oh, that... Wait, didn't they, didn't they finish shooting around November? Yeah, but they still have to put in all the effects. There was no way it was going to be ready in time. And they're right. saving Ahsoka to be their big summer blockbuster series. So, like, post-celebration time. Yeah. I th I th let me put it this way. Celebration is going to come out. Ahsoka is going to be the hardest celebration to get every... And it's going to... Uh, celebration that in, in over in Europe is just going to be the... We're going to ramp you up so big for Ahsoka, it's not even going to be fun. Do you think they dropped that trailer there? Like, that final I look? They, I think they give everybody at Celebration a sneak peek of episode one. Ooh. Oh, I'm it's so... the whole episode or they get like 10 minutes of it or something like that. I'm so I'm really... not flying to Europe for that. I, 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 I have a feeling people in attendance at Celebration are going to get a sneak peek, at least a sneak peek and get maybe about 10 minutes of episode one. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Well, uh, I think that will do it for this uh, initial premiere episode of Back to the Clones, Clone versus Troopers, Empire Dawns. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, gang. Uh, and thank you, Kyle, for joining me once again as we go back to the clones. Somehow we're here again. I think there's no escape from clones. I feel like Poe Dameron with that line. Somehow clones returned. Well, at least it's not more Peter Parker clones. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. No, the last thing we need is a clone army of Tom Hollands. Or Tobey Maguire's or Andrew Garfield's. I wouldn't mind those first two. But Tom, no. Look, 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 I don't mind Tom, but, uh, you know, Toby and Andrew, that's that's uh, a, a perfect Spider-Man amalgamation to me. Oh, there you go. Tom, I think, needs to work on having some Spider-Man uh, that's not so joined at the MCU hip. Oh, I think I will, we'll see what happens with the, the fourth film. Yeah, I know. We'll see what happens. But that, you see what you see of, what I mean? It's too latched yeah, on. You, to, you, you, you have you have a whole other podcast to talk about the stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. All right, well, thanks again for joining us and gang. You know, just little uh, little uh, you know house house tip. Uh, we will be back in three weeks' time talking the next three episodes of the Bad Batch, and. 
Yeah, for scheduling, that just felt better to go three we three weeks at a time. So that should bring us into early February. Does that sound right, Kyle? Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Beginning of February. All right. Yeah. Um, unless, of course, things change. But uh, you know what? With Bad Batch, I don't think it would. Yeah. No. I I, I think we're good. I really don't. Mandalorian, a different story. But Bad Batch, no. I think we're good. I think we're good with three weeks. So, again, we will, we will uh, be talking with you in three weeks' time. So, until then, uh, well, as Wrecker would like to say, Ha! We're all you need! You can buy your freedom. You can have a future. Isn't that what you're after? We're already free. Clearly, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there. It is time for a new era. Thanks for listening to Back to the Clones, Clones vs. Trooper, Empire Dawn. There are others out there who need our help. Covering the Star Wars Bad Batch Season 2. Streaming exclusively on Disney+. Plus. We'll take all the allies we can get. Let's go. Let's get to work. All things Lucasfilm Star Wars is a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only, and no infringement is intended.